Hodge, your host for the Nuts and About Nutrition podcast. I'm so excited to have two very special guests on the show today, Tony Burkholter and Ryan. Oh, let me just do that again. Is it Yoakum? Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I should I should have been clear. Yep, Yoakum. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll just start it over. Yeah. All right. Hello, it's Tammy Hodge, your host for the Nuts About Nutrition podcast. I'm so excited to have two very special guests on the show today. Uh, Tony Burkholter and Ryan Yoakum. How are you guys today? I'm doing very well. Thanks, Tammy. Good. I'm good. Thank you for asking. Awesome. So, Tony, how long have you been teaching nutrition? I have been teaching college underclassmen nutrition for over 19 years now. Wow, 19 years. That's a long time. It's almost two decades. <laughs> so, what excites you most about teaching nutrition? Well, I teach several different classes that focus on the effects of exercise or nutrition on the body, but I have to say that the 100 level introductory nutrition class is by far my favorite course to teach. And I primarily teach freshmen who are new college students. They haven't had much experience living on their own. They've been bombarded for years and years with myths and misconceptions in nutrition through like the media, friends, other resources. So literally my first module in class is challenging what they've learned and introducing scientific literacy. It's called again, top 10 myths and misconceptions in nutrition. And they're like, oh my goodness, what I thought before isn't actually what the reality is as far as science is concerned. So additionally, the class is one of the few classes, um, in my opinion, I mean, I'm a little biased, um, that you can apply to your life multiple times a day. Um, And so although there are hundreds of classes being taught on a college campus, I personally feel like there are a few classes on campus aside from nutrition that have this much impact. And so, and the other thing that I love about it is um, I have students stop by my office, not just during the semester, but actually like for months or even years later asking about nutrition concepts. And so because of that, I feel like teaching the introductory nutrition class allows me to like make the most difference in students' lives. Wow, I can really imagine having, you know, the variety of students that you have coming into your course and they walk out of that course and it's immediately impactful. Mm-hmm. So welcome, Ryan. Can you tell the audience your story and how you got into nutrition? Yeah. So basically, I am majoring in history and religion right now, which is very different from nutrition. And I needed for my majors to uh, take a science gen ed. And it was always something that I was very nervous about because I am not really good in the sciences normally. And I'd heard a lot of horror stories from my friends about taking biology, chemistry, physics classes that were super hard and difficult. And it was something that I knew that that was just gonna be a terrible combination. And, but I heard a couple of my friends talk about Professor Burkhalter's class and how it was not only easy to understand, but something that was very applicable in their lives. And so I decided that in the fall of 2018 that I would take her course and it was absolutely delightful. It was really wonderful. Um, And it really connected those interests that I had in history with nutrition. It became something of interest of mine that I've been able to pursue a little bit over the, the next couple of years. And I also had the wonderful opportunity of continuing part of that class as part of the teaching team. And even afterwards, providing feedback to the class on how to best approach the course material to non-STEM majors, basically. Wow, so you went from like, I don't wanna take a science course to actually helping to facilitate and teach it. Mm -hmm. 
That's so fantastic. So how did your professor um, help you understand nutrition by sharing your personal experiences? Yeah, so basically I think something that really helped was her use of storytelling and or storytelling and the integration of history into some of the course material basically. And I think that something that really just helped with that was just putting like a visual picture of these kind of abstract scientific concepts, something for example, peristalsis that she um, talks about in the class. She gives this example of a snake that she saw at um, she saw at the zoo eating some um, mice, and it just going down the tube, and um, basically connected that to um, the peristalsis that goes on in our bodies, and it's just something that helps visualize and create a picture of something, or um, or kind of historic examples of kind of how science or scientific concepts develop, such as James Lind and his or his research into vitamin C and really looking at how nutrition developed as a scientific field, as well as certain concepts within human nutrition, basically. And so I think that some of those examples just kind of give me a visual picture, um, something, that I, something that I apply in my own history classes of kind of seeing how these concepts came to be and how they kind of developed over time and really how they, and really how they work in the body today. And I think just those visual pictures is something that's been very helpful. Um, just also, I think that the way she engaged with the class, especially as there were 700, 750 students in the class, finding a way to make that personal engaging, she would always ask questions to students, she would always walk around um, with this great body posture, and like keeping class engaging for such a vast amount of students was something that really impressed me. But I think also just her easy or easiness to connect with her. And as well as the teaching team as the layer or she has many layers of grad students helping with the class undergraduates and presenting many different people with, who specialize in di different ways was something that I think made the class very approachable um, and easy for me to comprehend and understand the course material. Wow, that, that's a lot of students over 700. Wow. So Tony, from your perspective, how did you come to this way of teaching? Um, I don't think I came to it by myself. I, I feel like the first semester, the first year I was teaching again, almost two decades ago, I felt like I was waffling a little bit. Um, I sat in some of my other colleagues' classrooms, picked out some things that I learned from them. But then realistically, after I kind of set a framework based on watching others who I felt like were successful as educators, I then tried to really listen to my students. I mean, they are our audience. So it started out with looking at the class and instructor evaluation feedback, and then each semester me redesigning like a small part of the class to based on the student feedback. But then over the past few years that I've been at the University of Illinois, because I've had a teaching team, it slowly changed where now I've got 10 or more undergraduate learning leaders per semester, such as Ryan, who provide me feedback on like any proposed updates. And I'm like, hey, I think this would be great for the students. What do you guys think? And they're like, no, don't do that. And so they literally like, they kind of shut. I'm like, well, as a 45 year old woman who hasn't gone to college in over two decades, that sounds like a great idea. They're like, no, that's not a great idea. Why don't we do something a little bit different? And so they actually come to me with refinements, feedback, how the 18 to 21 year old students will perceive um, something that I might be doing. And so literally they're kind of my check and balance with anything that I do in the class. 
class. And so I feel like the class, actually, when I first came to the University of Illinois, the class only had like around 400 or so students per semester. And now um, we're up at 750 or more per semester. And I think a lot of it has to do with those undergraduates who are telling me how they want to learn, what benefits them, how they want me to reach out to them. For example, um, I was told that they're like, we don't read our emails. We don't, we don't read our emails. I'm like, what? How can you not read your emails? And they're like, we read text messages, we read blogs, we read this. They're like, but we don't really read our emails. So I actually have my students subscribe to like an, a text reminder system. And so I literally have them um, buy, not buy into, but I mean, more or less, I have them sign up for this um, situation. Are you editing this, Tammy? Yeah, I can, I can edit Good. it. Edit that little part up. Um, but <laughs> I'll start over real quick. So students told me that they don't read their emails. So I asked them how they'd like to be communicated with, and they said through text message. So I researched and I found out that there's a text message system that allows my students to opt in. And then I can then send out a text message to the whole class saying, hey, friendly reminder, you've got something due today. Hey, I posted something in the announcements, make sure to check it out. And that text system seems to go over very, very well. And I even include pictures of my dog in the text messages sometimes or other fun things. Um, I can even include links to uh, something I want them to read prior to class. And they say that that's the best way really to reach out to them. Well, it sounds like you're really connected with your students and it's it's great that you're able to really be so involved with each of them um, to, to make your class as relevant as possible. Thank you. So Ryan, what are the pieces of advice you would give to any faculty member teaching the new, teaching anything actually? Yeah, I would basically narrow it down to three things and I'll kind of expand on more, but to kind of give a list of the three things that I would recommend is flexibility, engagement, and relevancy. And to kind of develop on those first uh, flexibility, I think that really every student learns a different way. And I know uh, for people who I think teach just one way and teach it only one way, it becomes either something that either really connects with you or it just misses you altogether. And so, especially um, as Professor Burkhalter has taught the class, um, flexibility, I think, is something that just helps because it applies different ways of teaching the same material to a vast amount of, or a vast amount of students and finding ways that help them best learn instead of just going your own way and teaching it the way that you want to do it, um, but finding ways that really help connect to them, whether they're more visual learners or audio learners, just finding different ways of teaching the material is something I think is really helpful. Engagement, I think, too, is something that's very important because especially as you teach an hour long, hour and a half, I think it's very easy for many students to get distracted, or if, especially when you're in a large lecture hall class and it can feel like you're just a number instead of an actual person participating, finding unique and innovative ways to in create that engagement, to create a feeling of, you know, I may just be one of 750 students, but I am known by my professor, I'm known by the teaching team, I have connections here, or I'm participating, I'm doing these things in this class, I think is something that really helps a student or learn the information and develop um, kind of this feeling that they belong and that they're doing this or they're participating in this class. And I think the last um, piece of advice related to relevancy 
it's not really necessarily teaching to the test, but finding things that are significant and important that will impact a student's life. Thinking about this course material, not as here are just a bunch of random obscure facts, but this is something that is relevant and is something that is important into your everyday life. And I think that finding materials that are relevant is going to be something that keeps students engaged and something that's going to make them curious and want to understand and learn more about why this particular concept is important into their lives, basically. That's really great advice, Ryan. So Tony, you know, what pieces of advice are that he just talked about excite you the most or you feel the most important? Actually, I love all three pieces of like the flexibility, engagement, and relevance. Um, with regard to the flexibility, I start the class out at the beginning of the semester being flexible within the syllabus. So they have 12 different modules and they each module has a video and video quiz as well as a mini assignment. And only 10 of those 12 video quizzes count towards their grade and only 10 of the 12 mini assignments count towards their grade. So with 800 students or so per semester, you almost have to be like, if someone emails you and says, I missed that because of, I forgot, or a funeral, or I was sick, or whatever the reason is, you're like, don't worry, just use it as one of your drops and just forge ahead. And so it allows the students to feel like, whoo, it's not the end of the world. And it allows me not to have to worry about making, having all of these alternate makeup assignments. So having the flexibility within the syllabus starting from day one is great, but also as you continue on, we're in the middle of a pandemic with 800 students who are dealing with themselves potentially getting sick, a classmate, a family member, et cetera. It's a very stressful time. And so with that, the flexibility allows the students to feel like you do care about them. Like, I understand you're going through this hard thing. I'm here for you. The syllabus is set up for you. We've got your back. Um, the other thing that Ryan said is engagement. Um, just real briefly, if they're not engaged, they won't care. And if they, and one of the things that we actually investigated this semester through surveys and feedback from students is, okay, first of all, if you, do you feel like we care about you? And they said, yeah, I do. And then I'm like, do you care about the material? And they're like, yeah, I do. And then like, does that increase your success as a student? Because you feel like I care and then you're engaged the material. And they said, yes. And, they, and I think that's one of the reasons why so many students do well in a class like nutrition. And then the last thing that Ryan was saying is like relevancy. I agree. If it can't be applied to their life, eh. Like why, why learn it beyond just this semester? I've heard so many people say, why am I learning calculus? I'm never gonna need this. Where I don't have anyone say, why am I learning nutrition? I'm never gonna need this. No one has ever said that, that I've heard. So luckily I'm in a class where no one repeats those particular phrases. I agree with you on the calculus thing for sure. <laughs> I agree as well. <laughs> so we all know that the pandemic has challenged students and faculty. Ryan, what advice do you have for students in the coming year amidst the challenges of the pandemic? Yeah, so I would say that self-advocacy is my great or the number one thing that I would recommend students to do because I think that we all struggle in different ways and it can be, I know a lot of people who are even still very nervous to confront their professors about things that are going on or things that they struggle with. And I totally understand where they're coming from, but I think that it also is that um, it is just kind of fear or stigma that professors are just these higher up, like, um, you know, that they're too intellectual and they're going to look down and shun their students basically because they don't have that 
they don't operate perhaps on the same intellectual capacity right now. So I would say that that really isn't true based on my experiences and people like Professor Burkhalter or people who really care for their students. Um, and pretty much, I don't wanna say every professor has that same mentality, but I would say pretty much a good majority of people um, teaching courses at the college level do care for their students and do best advocate and they're struggling too and so they totally I think understand what it's like for students to be struggling I know that this semester it's been a little bit difficult for me and I've reached out to my professors for help and advice um, and they've been very receptive towards it so I think that self-advocating for your um, for your needs and what you're going through and talking with your professors um, to find ways to compromise or to maybe extend deadlines on things um, or to find ways to best learn the material is something that's going to be most impactful for students, even in the midst of the pandemic, basically. Yeah, that's really good advice to make sure that they connect with their instructor because everybody's going really through the same thing. And and I've, I've found that the faculty have been really caring about their students. So thanks for sharing that advice. Um, Tony, what are the top two tips you have for faculty teaching nutrition in the pandemic? Well, I think for faculty teaching just in general during the pandemic, it's listen and be empathetic. These students are, I, I hate using the phrase, it's an unprecedented time, but it really is. We as faculty members are stressed. We have all these deadlines we sometimes can come off as less than understanding if we don't pause for a second, listen to what the student's concerns are, be empathetic, and you can very nicely refer them back to the syllabus and say, look, we've got you taken care of, everything is fine, we'll make sure that you have the ability to succeed by the end of the semester, and sometimes just nicely nudging the students and say, focus forward. Let's see where you're at at the end of the semester. And if you need to, we can have you make things up. You may not need to at all. You may have already earned an A by the end of the semester. I don't want to encumber you. I don't want to encumber the teaching team. Let's just continue to forge ahead. And I think that students just need someone to calm them down sometimes and, and be that mama hens or, again, that paternal figure that can listen to them and provide um, guidance. And sometimes the guidance is just, don't worry about it right now. We'll worry about it later. And you don't have to have a solution every time a student emails you within a short period of time. They just sometimes just need you there. There is sometimes some of them, especially the freshmen and sophomores, it might be the first time they're living outside their house without any parental figures. So it's especially difficult when they're having to be locked down during a pandemic. Those are great tips, Tony. Tony and Ryan, thank you so much for your time today. Um, if people were going to find you, how would they find you online? Ryan, I'll let you start. Yeah. Um, so you could, I guess, find me. Um, that's actually a good question. Um, <laughs> oh, if you if you want to start, Tony, actually, that would be. <laughs> Tammy, do you want to start that question over? Sure. <laughs> yeah. So I apologize. I apologize about that. I was just like, I was. Take you off guard. I'm like, you should know that you should know how people should contact you. What if this was an interview, right? Here's my mom. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so no worries. That's funny. Uh, that would be something I would do, Ryan. So I'm right with you. Okay. So how can people find you both online? For myself, I've got a pretty unique name. You can literally Google Tony Burkhalter and University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign and I pop up. Or you can just again Google Tony Burkhalter and LinkedIn and you can find my LinkedIn account. And um, I'm more than happy to 
answer any questions that people have, if they contact me through either one of those means, like through email address that they find or LinkedIn. And Ryan? Yeah, so the best way of contacting me is through my email, um, my school email, R or R-Y-O-A-K-U-M-2 at illinois.edu. I also do have a LinkedIn page uh, like Tony. And yeah, I I am not as easily or reach or easy to search on Google, but those are the best ways of finding me. Great. Well, thank you for sharing that information and thank you for your time. Both of you are just pure magic. Um, I'm so happy that storytelling has helped you both. And thank you for sharing your perspective with the world. Um, can I have you on the show again, maybe in the spring? I would love that. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening to the Nuts uh, About Nutrition episode. If you have suggestions for show ideas or want to be on the show, send me an email at Tamara, T-A-M-A-R-A dot Hodge at mheducation.com. Thank you. Hello, it's Tammy Hodge, your host for the Nuts About Nutrition podcast. I'm so excited to have two very special guests on the show today, uh, Tony Burkhalter and Ryan Yoakum. Tony, tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Tony. That just sounds stupid. I just, <laughs> sorry. I will start again. Thank you, Tammy. I am a senior instructor at the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign fighting Illini, and I've been teaching there for a few years. Prior to that, I was teaching at Parkland Community College, and I've had a sum total of almost two decades of teaching experience at the college level, focusing on classes that um, are going to look at the impact of exercise or nutrition on the body. Wow. Ryan, how about you? Yeah, I am a senior undergraduate history and religion major. Um, yeah, I, I took our Professor Burkhalter's class in the spring of 2018, or yeah, or the fall of 2018, and have been interested in kind of the connections between history and nutrition ever since. Fantastic.